Right, this is the parable of the sower, reading from Mark chapter 4, verses 1 to 20. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some a hundred times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside everything is said in parables so that they may ever be seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding, otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. And since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Thank you so much, Bill. Good morning again. Lovely to see you this morning. And I wonder where you are in your faith this morning. I mean, are you excited about faith and about church and about being a Christian? Or are the challenges of life just really overwhelming you at the moment? Maybe your faith's a little bit up and down, up and down, up and down. Every time you think you're going for it and you think, now I'm rolling with my faith, something just comes and knocks you for six. Or maybe when you think about faith, it's really low on your list of priorities. There's so much more going on. Life is just busy. There's financial pressures, family pressures, work pressures, and the idea of faith comes really low down. Or maybe you don't get it at all. You come to church, go for the motions, you go home, 
and nothing really changes. Well, the good news is in our passage today, Jesus covers all of those scenarios. Wherever you are in your faith this morning, Jesus has something to say to you. So um, before we continue, shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this parable. And we pray just as we pause for a few minutes that you would speak to each of our hearts by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. It was lovely doing christenings. I mean, if I do christenings and dedications, um, it doesn't matter how bad kids are, you just see how proud the parents are when they're holding the children and gazing into each other's eyes. And the twins were gorgeous this morning. It reminded me when my boys were a little bit older and I was putting them to bed and one night I was just gazing into one of my son's eyes and he was gazing into mine. And I just said to him, do you know who loves you more than anything else in the whole wide world? And I just waited for him to say, daddy, daddy. And he said, God. And then he said, um, because people might stop loving you, but God never stops loving you. And I wasn't sure whether to, to feel actually overjoyed that he had such a great theology, or absolutely crushed. And the first thing that didn't come to his mind was Daddy. Maybe I should just be proud that he had great theology. I'm learning theology from a four-year-old. Jesus was telling these parables, these stories, that on the service seemed so simple that a child could grasp them, a four-year-old could grasp them. And yet they were also so deep that not even the disciples could get their heads around them. And this parable, the parable of the sower, it appears in all three Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, they all mention it. And actually I think what we see in this parable is actually a story of grace. It's all about the love of God. It's all about God's grace. Everyone receives a seed. The farmer scatters indiscriminately everywhere, regardless of what the soil is like. Everyone receives a seed. He doesn't say where the soil is good, that's where I'm going to sow the best seed of all. Regardless of whether it's rocky, whether it's hard, whether it's weedy, or whether it's good soil, everyone gets a seed. And in each scenario, the farmer is the same, the seed is the same. But the result depends on the soil. Jesus explains this story isn't so much about the seed or the farmer. It's really about the ground. It's really about the soil. It's really about the state of our hearts. God doesn't force his grace on us. It's all about our response. And the story really answers one of the key questions of the Christian faith. If the gospel is true, if this stuff is really true, why is it that not everyone gets it? Why is it that some Christians don't bear fruit? And there's this tendency that we might say to ourselves, a little bit self-righteous, I'm so glad that my heart is the good soil. I'm so glad that I'm not like those rocky, weedy Christians over there, that my heart is the good soil, bearing fruit. But we have to be difficult, we have to be careful what we say. Jesus says the good soil produces a crop multiplying 30, 60, or 100 times. And if you were a Palestinian farmer 2,000 years ago, you'd think Jesus is speaking about a bumper crop, a bumper harvest. They would have won the lottery. It would be in abundance. And if we're honest, most of us, if we're really honest with ourselves, when we look at our lives, we don't think that we're actually producing a crop 30, 60, or 100 times. Not the way that Jesus speaks about fruitfulness. That's not how we live our lives. Most of us just survive. We're not thriving and flourishing in the way that the gospel speaks about. Not on the scale that Jesus speaks about in this parable. 
And what I find the really challenge is Jesus doesn't provide us with a fifth option. We're either producing an abundance of fruit in our own lives and the lives of others, or we fall in the other three categories. Rocky, weedy, and hard. And that's the question for each of us this morning. Where do you find yourself in this parable? Where are you in this parable? Rocky, weedy, hard. Are you producing fruit, a crop, 30, 60, 100? Are you the soil that's rocky? Or are you have the faith which is fruitful and has such meaning? But Jesus gives us three ways to respond to this. How can we live these lives which are fruitful, that has meaning, that makes a difference to others? The first thing he says is this. He says, listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Verse 20. Others, like the seed sown on good soil, hear the word. And he begins this paragraph by saying in verse 3, listen. And in verse 9, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Verse 23, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Verse 24, consider carefully what you hear. Listen to Jesus. The great pastor and Bible commentator John Stott says this. Vision comes not from reading books, but from listening to God. It comes from listening to God. And John Stott had such an amazing and faithful example of what Christian's life would look like. And he used to spend one hour a day, one day a month, one week a year, listening to God. Such a great model. Something which I've tried to emulate. It doesn't happen all the time, but I try it. One hour a day, one day a month, one week a year. That's why many of us in the church are going to focus. That's our opportunity to spend one week a year listening to God. For the price we pay for focus, you could probably go to Barbados and have a, an amazing holiday in the sunshine. One, one, one hour a day, one, month, one day a month, one week a year, we're gathering as a church, going away to listen to God. It's never time wasted. The more we listen to God, the more we learn to hear his voice. Jesus doesn't say, well, he says, don't be like the Pharisees. Don't be like the teachers of the law. They bring their own agendas and to sort of hope what they want to hear. Jesus says, be attentive. Listen to what God might be saying to you. Through worship, through the Bible, through others, and through prayer. Listen to Jesus. That's the first thing. Make time with Jesus. Spend time in God's presence. And the second thing is, it's tough. There's always a sacrifice. The second thing is obey Jesus. Listen to Jesus and obey Jesus. Verse 20. Others like the seed sown on good soil hear the word and accept it. They don't just hear it. They do something with it. They receive it. They're obedient to it. Some translations say they hold fast to the word. They, they take it within them and they act upon it. Obedience to Jesus is all about allowing him to have our entire lives to do something with what we hear. William Booth, who was the founder of the Salvation Army, he was once asked the secret of spiritual success, and he said this, I will tell you the secret. God has had all there was of me. There have been men with greater brains than I, men with greater opportunities, but from the day I got the poor of London into my heart, I caught a vision of all Jesus Christ could do. On that day I made up my mind that God would have all of William Booth. Obedience, sacrifice, surrender. Do you know the reason why we preach? Why do we preach the word on Sundays? 
It's not so that you would know the Bible better, believe it or not. It's so that you would put the Bible into action. I sometimes listen to fantastic sermons, hear people going on in some amazing details of the context, wonderfully informative, the type of clothes they wore, the type of food they eat, the way they even brush their teeth. It's amazing the information you can get from listening to a sermon. It's really fascinating if you would like a history lesson. You can find that out on Discovery Channel. Hopefully, you don't come to church for a history lesson. You come to grow your relationship with the creator of the whole universe who died for you. Who knew the scriptures better than anyone else in the New Testament? It's always interesting when you look through the Bible. Who knew the scriptures better than anyone else in the New Testament? It was the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. They knew the scriptures, but they didn't know Jesus. Our aim is not to pass on knowledge, it's to bring transformation and change. It's not until hearing turns into doing that believing leads to blessing. It's a great quote. It's not until hearing turns into doing that believing leads to blessing. Unless you obey what you read, then it's just knowledge. And knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. In our reading, you can almost sense Jesus' frustration with all this. He quotes from Isaiah. He says that you'll be ever seeing but never perceiving, ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, he might turn and be forgiven if you understood that Jesus came to die for you so that you could be free. Jesus says, do you remember what Isaiah said? God doesn't want our minds to be closed to the things of his kingdom. And Jesus seems to be saying it's all about our wills, all resolves on what we want to do with our hearts, our time, our space, our agendas. He's saying that when God lays something on your heart, when you feel challenged on it, on an area of your lifestyle, do something about it. Don't just let it ignore it or let it go for one ear and out the other. If you're angry or bitter against someone, forgive them. Jesus says, love your enemies. How tough is that? If you have a short temper, confess it to God. The Bible says, let your gentleness be evident to all. If you like to gossip, then stop. Scripture says, let nothing unwholesome come out of your mouth, only what is useful for building each other up. How are you doing building each other up? Or how are you doing gossiping? Do we act on what we read? If you want to live a life in all its fullness, don't just listen to Jesus, but obey Jesus too. And the first thing is listen to Jesus, obey Jesus. There's nothing easy about being a Christian, is there? Then lastly, the last thing, experience Jesus. Listen, obey, and experience. You need to experience Jesus for yourself. Verse 20. Others like the seed sown on good soil. They hear the word, they accept it, and then they produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times that was sown. Jesus told these very simple stories about the kingdom of God. And he was always saying it's like this or it's like that. The kingdom of God is like this. But ultimately, there's, there's no words that would adequately, adequately describe what the kingdom of God is like. You have to experience it for yourself. Taste and see that the Lord is good. We can write about it. We can talk about it. We can take notes about it. It's like trying to describe a song to someone who's never heard the song. Or explain how delicious a meal is of someone who's never tasted the meal. It's a reality you have to experience for yourself. And it's always good news. Jesus isn't here to condemn us. He's not trying to say, this is where you've fallen short. He's here to encourage us 
so we can live the type of lives that he longs for us and our families. He wants to show you the things that you could be doing. This is how your life could look like. This is what it looks like to bear fruit. Why would you want a life full of peace and joy and love for yourself, for your family, for your marriage, for your children, your neighbours, your workplace? And it goes on and on and on. And the good news is it doesn't matter what type of soil you've had in the past. Whether it's rocky, whether it's weedy, whether it's hard. This morning we're given this opportunity, this is the grace of God, to be the good soil. To have the Lord change our hearts by the Holy Spirit. To have that relationship with the Father who loves you. Through the Son who died for you, by the Spirit who empowers you and draws you into a relationship. God loves you. Don't be content to just go through the motions. Life's too short. And there's so much more that we can encounter and experience. Jesus is saying, I'm bringing you a seed. Some's going to get it. Some won't get it. But it starts with our hearts. And when it takes root, something is birthed inside that transforms lives, that makes a difference, transforms our lives and the lives of others. A number of years ago, I was on a mission to a prison in Guernsey. I think we stayed there about two nights, three-day mission. And one of the days we had this ministry time, a time of worship, and there was a guy who um, was, was just worshipping the Lord, and he came to see me the next day. And he said, that song we were singing, that last song, I couldn't get it out of my head. And I said, well, was that, was that a good thing, a bad thing? I, I knew he, he had some form of faith beforehand. And he said, no, no, it was a good thing. It was like, for the first time, he had this fresh encounter with Jesus. So it was a wonderful mission. Many people came to faith. We left the prison. And um, years went by. I never knew what happened to those guys. And I was at a conference one day in London to do with prisons and prison chaplains and people involved in social transformation. And I got this sort of tap on my shoulder. And I turned around. It was this guy. First thing I thought, call the police. He's escaped. <laughs> and he said, now, when my sentence finished, I joined my local church. I got involved in ministry. And now I'm about supporting guys, guys with addictions, guys who've been in prison, supporting people to go on the straight and narrow. And as he was speaking to me, I could see this difference in him. It's almost like Jesus was shining through. And I remember back to that morning when he said, that song that we were singing, that time when I was just worshipping, when I went back to my cell that night, I couldn't get it out of my head. And he encountered something of God. And you could see the difference that Jesus had made in his life. Not just for him, but how he was now making a difference in the lives of others. Listen to Jesus. Obey Jesus. But lastly, have an encounter with Jesus. It's not just about words or belief in that. It's about actually meeting the one who died for you. And it's at that point that the Spirit comes into our life and we're transformed. And then we make a difference to the lives of others. If you're able, would you like to stand? If the band would like to come up. There's a real difference between obeying a set of rules and having a personal encounter with Jesus that brings freedom and truth and life. And just the band of the minute is going to lead us in worship, but I just want to take this opportunity just for us to, to pray, to receive. And this is just for you, between you and the Lord. You know where you are on that parable. Whether you're that seed on the path that is snatched away. Or the seed that goes up quickly, full of joy. 
has no root, whether that's to do with obedience and fellowship and accountability, or whether you're the seed that's going for it. But then it's just the stuff of life. The stuff of life just knocks you. COVID, family issues, financial issues, work issues, relationships, whatever it is, the stuff of life knocks you. And yet Jesus talks about a different way of life, a seed that is in good soil that produces fruit, a life in all its fullness. John 10.10, Jesus comes that we might have life in all its fullness. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you to be here tonight and to roam our hearts. So we want to just offer to you where we are in this parable. Search our hearts. Search our hearts. So there's nothing forced about this. This is just your opportunity, if you want to, to just get real with God and say, Lord, this is where I am. This is where I am in my faith. Would you help me to be the good soil today? Help me to hear your voice. Give me the courage, the wisdom to, for what obedience looks like in my life at this moment. And it'll look different for each one of us. Would you help me to have that encounter with you? An encounter of the risen Lord by your Holy Spirit. So we're just going to invite the Spirit of the Lord to come and we just receive by faith, just by saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I receive you this morning. I receive your peace, your joy. If it's faith you need, just ask. Ask for faith. Faith is a gift. Lord, help me to believe. Come, Holy Spirit. continue to wait, just, just receive whatever the Lord might be saying maybe you're, you're not receiving anything but if you want his promises when we ask he comes sometimes we just need to pause and just tune into his frequency he's here but we're so busy and so much stuff going on in our lives that we miss it I was reminded this morning by that guy in that prison in Guernsey who had a faith but he'd never had that personal encounter and if that's you this morning maybe there's one or two people here you need that personal encounter that's what the Lord longs to do he longs to fill us with his love his peace, his joy we receive by faith just by saying thank you Lord when he went back to his cell, something changed. Something shifted that changed the course of his life. And God wants to do the same with each one of us. Change the course of our life. So Father, my prayer this morning for all of us here is that you would help us to listen to you, to hear your voice us to obey you, obedience, to surrender, to know 
actually, we don't miss out, Lord, when we do things your way, but we do things the best way. And I pray, Lord, for each one of us that we would have an encounter of you. That there'd be something now, even now, just ministering to our hearts, something that is not of this world, but is other, that is, that can only be you. Something of your love, that you have such good plans for each one of us. And we ask this in Jesus' name.
Thank you that you actually long to have that relationship with us.